everyone. This is episode 721 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May 22nd, 2020. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Red Wings Aces of the Sky, Formula Retro Racing, and some more Apex Legends Season 5. And I'm going to start with Red Wings Aces of the Sky, which is an arcade air combat game set during World War I, where you have both a story mode and a survival mode both of which can be played with another person locally not online so there's no online co-op of any sort but the survival mode is pretty self-explanatory you've got 13 waves to deal with you take down enemy after enemy there is no health pickup or anything like that which you find in the story mode and unlike other survival modes when you die the game's not automatically over and you just take your score as is you end up losing a certain amount of points. I think it's probably a percentage or so. Uh, I don't know exactly how they calculate how much you lose, but you lose some points and then you're thrown back into the mix with a full bill of health. Your fuel also doesn't drain during survival mode. At least I didn't notice it draining, so I don't think you have to worry about that. But there is also a time limit, and when I played it, the one time I did play it, I managed to get to the final round, but the time limit went up before I could finish off the last enemy, and I don't think there was a penalty for not finishing within the time limit. I just think I probably didn't get a bonus, and you know, if you are playing through it and you only make it to wave 10 and you don't get to the other waves because of the time limit, you're not only losing a potential bonus for whatever time is left over, if that's how it's handled, but also you aren't getting any of those extra kills and the points you'd get from them. So, yeah, pretty basic-ass survival mode, fine, but uh, I didn't really care all that much about it. It is only, and I should say this, it is only available on Switch right now, but it will be coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC later. When? Who knows? I mean, the developers probably know and the publisher, but so far, all we know is later in 2020. It's got cel-shaded visuals, which are nice and probably help in making it run well on the Switch, which it does. And it looks pretty good. I like the look of it. It, it suits the play style, which again is very arcadey and very casual friendly. Instead of using both sticks to move your plane, you only have to use the left analog stick, whereas the right stick is what you use to increase and decrease your speed. And every plane you use, regardless of which one it is, is incredibly agile. So you can turn on a dime there is little worry about the controller being disorientated because I don't even think you can really move too far in any direction, specifically up or down. I don't think you get in, in, into any kind of weird situation where the camera goes crazy and you're like, what? am I upside down? Am I right side up? It's pretty easy to orientate yourself and with the way the controls work and how much control you have over your plane, it, it's pretty easy to maneuver through these skies in in red wings aces of the sky and then you also have four different abilities always at your hand the their cooldown base so you have a barrel roll which you use to avoid enemy fire and you can also charge after or play like a game of chicken with a plane and if you're shooting them but you know that you're not going to be take the, you're not going to be able to take them down until they're right on you you can do a barrel roll at the last minute and you won't take damage from that collision, which is a nice, if unbelievable, thing. You also have a quick turn, which is basically like a 180, so you can quickly turn around and hit any enemies that went right by you or, or whatnot. 
Then you also have the ability to call for support, which allows you to lock on to an enemy and then call in another plane to damage it. I think about halfway. I don't think they damaged them completely. At least when I used them, they didn't take an enemy down that I selected. They just did about half damage or so. And then your final ability is basically a takedown, which you can use if you are very close to another enemy plane and they are weakened. And this allows you to take them down immediately with one shot. It gives you a little cutscene of you pulling out your gun as the pilot and shooting the other pilot, which is cool. But the real benefit of this is that you will gain one health bar, uh, and and on top of that, you will also refresh every cooldown of your other abilities, which is nice. But um, I played about an hour of the story mode, and I was pretty bored with it. There's not a lot to the story mode. Every mission is basically the same, outside of a few anomalies you have for. So I'll I'll just mention what the majority of the missions are and that's basically hey here are enemies coming at you take them all down and then some more enemies will come take those downs sometimes you'll have blimps that you'll have to destroy it's like okay your your targets for this mission are these blimps take them down while enemies will keep coming after you until you take them all down and it's the thing is it's really easy in large part because you do have to worry about your health and your fuel but there are rings scattered throughout the levels and there are so many of them. And when you fly through them, you regain all of your health and all of your fuel. So I never got into any kind of situation where I was worried about my ability to finish a level or my health or anything like that. You do have to make sure to not be too aggressive if maybe your abilities are still uh, refreshing or stuff like that so that you don't get into a collision with the plane because that will automatically kill you. So don't don't play a game of chicken unless you have your barrel roll ability uh, at the ready. But the majority of the missions are just that. And they don't really spice things up. You're not really like flying long distances to get to a place and seeing a lot of beautiful scenery. It is a pretty barren landscape with not a lot going on. The clouds are nice to look at, but there's not really much going on visually. And the other missions that you partake in are... One of them was to fly through a bunch of those rings. You basically have your fuel that's, I don't know if the tank, uh, there's a story to the story mode as well, but the voice acting is terrible and I started skipping it immediately. So I don't know if this particular mission had a little bit of story before it, but I'm assuming that maybe your tank was shot and is leaking, but your fuel is uh, depleting much quicker than usual. So you have to fly through a set number of these rings uh, to finish the level and that wasn't too exciting and it's very easy like that could have maybe been exciting if the planes weren't so easy to move and weren't so agile that it's just like okay it's pretty much impossible to miss these rings but whatever i guess this is just what i have to do and then another mission had you playing as a bomber so it was changing the perspective from uh, behind the, you know, just a traditional behind-the-back perspective to an over-the-top perspective, and you had to blow up three bridges. But that mission was very short and just super boring. You'd have to um, avoid 
flare fire. I don't know what those guns are called. They're not mortar fire. Are they called mortars? The guns that they shoot at airplanes? Whatever. You had to avoid that fire, though. You could take plenty of hits, and it wouldn't do much damage. So you didn't really have to worry about it. And that mission probably lasted less than two minutes. And that's another problem with the game is that some of the missions can end very quickly. And it, it just... It never engaged me all that much. I really wanted to like it because I like planes and I would love to have a great arcade air combat game, but this one just isn't all that exciting. The, there's also a very generous aim assist, so it, that also helps in making it very casual friendly. It's a, it's a very accessible game. You know, I think if you are someone who's looking for something to play with a kid... Uh, that this game would probably be well suited for that because, you know, it's not super violent in that there's there's no blood or anything like that, uh, and the cel shaded visuals might be like, oh, it's it's more cartoony, more kid friendly, yay! But um, I was pretty bored by it. Uh, you, there is a, a not a leveling system per se, but when you complete missions, you get a number of stars depending on how long it took you to complete them and if you reach a certain high score for the level and you use these stars to improve your plane's abilities whether that be the amount of time it takes for a certain ability to refresh the, the cooldown time to decrease that time or to make it so that your guns won't overheat as quickly or you'll do more damage against shielded enemies and stuff like that and that's nice i like that system i like that i'm earning something and progressing and you will unlock new planes as you make your way through the story mode just by completing missions and then you unlock new skins by completing certain objectives for certain missions. So the first plane you have unlocked at the very beginning is the Red Baron and then you can unlock new skins for it by completing this mission in so and so amount of time and then stuff like that but I ended up being pretty bored with it after the hour I put into it and yeah that's a bit of a bummer then formula retro racing is basically virtual racing it's on xbox one and pc and if you don't have a switch and can't play sega ages virtual racing this is I guess the next best thing but I wasn't a fan of it I was so excited for this because I love virtual racing but and I don't I don't have virtual racing on the switch because I just don't really play my switch all that much and sadly the Mega SG is a wonderful system, but it cannot play virtual racing. So that sucks because of the, like, whatever processor in that cartridge. So I wasn't able to compare it, and, and maybe I'm thinking too fondly back on virtual racing, but after playing Formula Racing Retro, Formula Retro Racing, that's the actual title, I found it incredibly annoying in the way it controlled. And I probably played it for a week straight in 10-minute doses or something. I would just load it back up, get frustrated, and be like, I'm done with this. And then I'd come back the next day and do it again, and I'd get annoyed. One, it looks great in that it, it wants to be virtual racing, and it looks like a virtual racing. I love that. I do hate that there are only three perspectives. So you get behind the car, a little bit behind and above the car, and then a hood perspective. But there's no cockpit view with the actual steering wheel and the hands on them. So you can see, you know, if you're turning left, you see the hands move with that. Because, well, maybe for most people that wasn't a huge deal. 
for me, that was one of the most impressive things about virtual racing. And there are probably racing games before that that did that too, but virtual racing was the first time I ever saw that. And I swear to God, in the arcade, uh, the arcade version, when they had the little demo going up, there were times when the demo hands would move with me moving the controller. I don't think I was just losing my mind. I'm pretty sure it was like, no, what you're doing, I'm doing on screen. Even though you didn't put a quarter in, I'm still letting you get some satisfaction from seeing your actions in real life uh, get reflected on screen. But when I got the game for my Genesis way back in the day, I always played in that mode because I was just so dumbfounded and impressed by it. I'm like, oh my God, when I turn left, I can see the hands turning left. This is incredible. And they sadly don't have that viewpoint. But my real problem with it, there are, I think, two different modes, your basic race and a elimination um, mode, which I played and I played it for a while and I was like I don't understand what is going what is the elimination that is happening it's not like cars are being eliminated it's not like you have to be in first place or just not in last place and then you won't get eliminated that's not how it was working so I'm not exactly sure what the hell is going on with that mode but the basic race mode is set up the same way as virtual racing where you have a certain amount of time to get to the next checkpoint and if you run out of time before reaching the checkpoint then the race ends regardless of how many laps are left but my problem with the game is that when you hit another car, even if you lightly tap them, too often it's like you're a pinball and they are objects on a pinball table and you just bounce off them and you might go 90 degrees and into a wall. And that happened to me at least a dozen times where I would barely touch another car. They would keep going straight. They would act as if nothing happened to them, but I would get this sudden 90 degree sharp turn into a wall from that. And I'm like, what is, what is going on? Why am I just bouncing off these cars? Sometimes they would explode. Sometimes I just touch them and they would blow up into little pieces. And that was incredibly frustrating because it was something I could uh, just continuously do. I, I, if I wanted to do it and, and be able to show someone like, this is what the problem is. I could do it. And when I'm going through a race and I'm doing really well and then maybe the last or second to last lap that happens to me and I just lose so much progress and I lose so many places and I'm back in the middle of the pack or something, it's really hard to keep motivated and, and want to keep playing when that keeps happening. Even on the easiest difficulty, that's an issue. And it sucks because it gets a lot of things right. The music's great. The visuals do exactly what they're supposed to do. They just remind me of virtual racing. And I'm like, yes. I love this so much. It looks great. But the fact that when you touch another car too often, you and only you are affected and affected in such a significant way, it became an incredibly annoying and frustrating experience. But um, yeah, it, it, it's a bummer because it could have been something really great and it just doesn't, it doesn't click for me, which is... Too bad. Um, then Apex Legends Season 5. I played a, a lot more of it. And I also got to try a little bit with Loba. And she is an interesting character because I do like her ability to throw out her little teleportation device. And 
move great distances that way. It's, it's a great way to get into a fight from afar or if one of your teammates is dealing with some trouble and you're not close enough that you would be able to get there in time, you could throw that and reach them quicker. I like that. But they're weird in that they are very much so geared towards those who just love looting and want to loot before everyone else and get the best loot. They are perfect for anyone who just wants the best loot because their ultimate is putting down a little storefront that everyone can interact with and you get to take two items from the vicinity of the small little circle that the, the thing can reach. And that's that's fine. That's beneficial in maybe getting more ammo that you need or a weapon that you really like and stuff like that. That's cool. But what I did know about her when I played as her is that she can see purple. I don't know if she can see gold arm or, or gold items, but she can see purple items through walls and stuff. So you can just see, oh, there's there's some high quality loot here, here, and here. And that just seemed, I mean, it's not weird. It's just that I can see who this character is geared towards and who is going to flock towards this character now. It's those who really just want that high quality loot uh, because they can see the the rare loot and then they can also drop down the shop and interact with it quicker than anyone else. So it's like Lifeline and her supply drop, but just to the nth degree. But um, I'm really, really liking season five. There's definitely a visual improvement, which I am happy to see. It's weirdly making it more fun for me because some of the stuff that I have, these skins and stuff, I actually like using them and I'm not disappointed that I have them now. But the biggest change is the addition of these quests, which I didn't know anything about them or how they worked initially. And I did the first quest, which is live now this week. And it's it's a straight up single player mission. It's not very long and there's not much to it, but it's a single player mission and it's not too bad. I genuinely enjoyed playing it. It also has some story wrapped around it. There's probably more story than I or maybe most people were expecting, but um, I didn't bother reading any of it because I, I don't really give a shit about the lore of Apex. And if they want to give me some lore, then I'll just take the loose lore I get through cinematics or not cinematics, but like the character reveal trailers or stuff like that. Uh, I find that to be way more interesting. I don't need to read all this mumbo jumbo. I might read it at some point because you can go back and read previous week's stuff. But right now I just don't care. But the single player mission that's out currently for this week is a very short mission. You have eight minutes to complete it, though you can complete it much quicker. And I did. Um, And doing these missions gives you rare loot. It'll give you like a charm, a... Oh, what else did it give you? I don't think it gave you crafting materials. It might give you, I think it gives you an item or an artifact that you need to collect through all these weeks in order to get the super gold loot, the, the super legendary loot of this quest. I think that's how it works. But um, the mission that's out there right now is just you going to a, a part of the map. It's not the airbase. I forget what it's called. It's it's one of the, there are like two of these places and it's one of them. But you drop there and you make your way to a specific point on the map and you have to avoid 
those monsters that are in the cages. I think they're the monsters in the cages or are the flying things in the cages. These are the things on the, the, the ground that I think were in the Bloodhound event in that area that I never ended up going to. And you have to just kill them. You, you start off with a pistol and a Mozambique and they're pretty easy to take down. Um, and I keep getting notifications from Messenger because people are messaging me and it's really fucking annoying. But um, you just make your way to a point. You put down a device to dig, to uh, excavate this space and get this artifact. And then you have to reach your exit point and the dropship to leave. And it's pretty simple. I completed it in like five minutes, but I enjoyed it. It, it was more than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be some stupid thing that I had to find in addition to just playing the regular match that I would have to find or go to a specific location in a regular match to grab this shit. And I'm like, I don't kind of want to do this. I don't want to deal with this on top of the actual game itself. But the fact that it's actual single player side content, that's its own thing has me really excited for what else is coming. And it makes me think about what a single player apex legends game could be and if they might ever try that i don't know maybe they'll just start putting more single player stuff in apex legends in the form of quests and stuff but i'm excited about this because this is probably the biggest addition they've added in a while um but yeah i'm i'm still doing well in terms of wins and stuff like that my KD is the best it's ever been for a season. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. But um yeah, that's that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing and all that jazz. So I am going to end this here episode with the ending as I always do. Once again, I'm your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast, the Attack the Backlog podcast, and Unamazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. And if you'd like to check out video versions of Attack the Backlog, Unamazingly Baka, and other stuff, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and check them all out over there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link, and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general, and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, stay safe and healthy. Thank you for listening again, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye! Bye.